This is the K-Pop Cast, bringing you the best sounds and ideas in K-Pop each week. I'm DJ Peter Lowe. I'm Amr, a.k.a. Guy Dragon, and welcoming our tenured guest, Alexis. Hello, hello. Great to be back. Always a pleasure coming to my second home, the K-Pop Cast. Oh, Great. second home? My second home. Oh, <laughs> that, we'll, we'll take that as a compliment. Thank you, it is. A, it is a compliment. So... Excited to talk about a lot of cool music. And K-pop news. And K-pop news. But first, what are hit replays? Hit replays are songs we recommend y'all listen to on repeat or replay throughout the week. Alexis, you want to kick us off with your hit replay? Yes. My hit replay is fresh off the presses today. It's NCT 127 Save. I'm, I think this is probably like the second time that I picked a song that was released the day that we record this. But hey, it's not my fault that we're recording on Fridays <laughs> and that this song just deserved a moment to just talk about. Um, it was a collab between 127 and Amoeba Culture, which is the company um, known for Dynamic Duo and before Crush. He's mm. no longer there, but... If you're a hag stan like me, you know <laughs> that crush used to be there. But anyway, wait, wait. off topic. Alexis, what, what does it mean to be a hag stan? I, I don't I don't even know. That you're just old. You're uh. old. That's what it means. Oh man. That you're old and you've been here a while and you've seen it all. That's what it means. Well, I'll I'll have you know, Alexis, we've we've got listeners, beautiful, intelligent. Mature listeners, older than you, and and I wouldn't call hey. them old or, or hags. I think we we are we are just more wiser and and. I'm uh, hey, I'm also a hag stand, and by <laughs> freaking Twitter's to stand Twitter guidelines, I'm geriatric. Oh, stand Twitter guidelines. Okay, yeah, that I'm oh, ge- yeah. no, that's that's geri- I'm geriatric. I'm like in a home by then. Okay. That's right. Because if we're older than 20, we're supposed to listen to jazz music. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Anyway, back on topic. Save by NCT127. I really liked it. Um, I'm more of a, you know, NCT127 is one of my groups. And I really like Mm -hmm. my 127 on their weird, noisy, just disruptive stuff. But I like that this one is... Mm -hmm. It's kind of like like a radio banger. Like it's yes. not it's not yeah. it's not loud like what we know, you know, your straight kids, your your eighties or even one two seven. Like they have some like some bangers that bang. Mm-hmm. But this one is like you can play it on the radio. You know? What yeah. I really liked about it is that the the opening babblings like that like it it immediately gave reminded me of like Daft Punk's Technologic. And mm, yeah, I just right, right. yeah. Mm-hmm, so so right off the bat like that put it into like a certain time for me, and it is very I mean like technologic like it's very like futuristic like technologically futuristic but in like a mid 2000 early 2019 late 1990s kind of way and i thought that it was really cool and then as i kept listening and listening to it like i kept really liking the bridge the the pre-chorus and but i kept being like this sounds like something else and i mean no not the pre-chorus after the chorus the bridge after the chorus it's like the same flow as Yuri and Sohyun's um, Secret, their their Pantene commercial. Yeah, that's hair one porn of my slow motion commercial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's one of my favorite <laughs> K-pop songs. So you know, Mark and Taeyong like having that same flow, but in rap, I was like, okay, like that's that's really interesting, and that probably wasn't even done on purpose. Like I don't think it did, but it just reminded me of it. Um, and now I can't unhear it. And now I need someone, please, on Twitter, like do a mashup of those both. Those, oh, those I, I got songs. you, Alexis. I, I think I'm even gonna try doing it for this episode, so I'll even play it in this episode. Amazing. But I just like, like I said, that it's a that it's like a radio banger. Like I really like that it's not like vocally demanding. 
of the members mm-hmm. like everyone is just it's just they're just vibing and that's what they do on the radio like no one's trying to Mariah carry yeah. the, the song you know <laughs> it was it was it was pleasing in it and it's like a good a good feeler song before their comeback because that's coming soon I think and Taeyong there's a line where he says something about like a space opera and I feel like not quite but kind of like a space opera light save is like a space opera light and it's just you know we're gearing up towards summer we can go out I like it You know, um, with the Pantene hair porn SNSD commercial song, um, mm-hmm. they whisper in it. And the way the song is mastered, it's got this like low pulsing mm-hmm. bass in it. But but even though they're just whispering over the top, the way it's mastered, it still cuts through. And I think similarly with, with this song by uh, NC2127, you get the same sort of vibe and spirit. Like they're not belting to your point, but it still kind of penetrates through the sound and it's definitely got some trance undertones to it, in my opinion, but uh, lower, you know, big room house. And it's got the, the most famous sample of all, the, the Prida snare. So I, I, we talked about this in the past, but like Everglow's um, uh, Adios, for example, that's another song that has the, the Prida snare. It's this uh, electronic dance music snare that everyone likes using if you're an EDM producer. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I simply love it. It, it. it goes hard, but you can play it without like exhausting one of your banger slots in a, mm-hmm. in a DJ set. So I'd play it maybe before, like, I think what you were saying, like, oh, maybe something by Stray Kids yeah. or... Because it's not... Because NCT is no stranger to like EDM, but I don't like... I don't think they've ever done like House or maybe yeah. like like it's... I mean... It's NCT. They'll do a million things in a song. But I don't think they did yeah. just like a straight up house song. And that's why I think that it was kind of like, I mean, I know that it's overused, but it, it was refreshing. It was just, you know, a new side to them or just like, because even the first time that I heard it, I was like, this is more in line with like EXO, you know, like power or what will come what is the new song called? Anyway, it, but it's probably in line with that. <laughs> but yeah, it remind it. I was the first time I was like this. This I can see it from EXO, but but it was cool to see it from One Two Seven. And I'm an end citizen, so I will take any. Well, almost anything. But this, almost but this I'll take. <laughs> I'll accept gladly. All right. Well, it is my turn in the queue, and predictably. Uh, DJ Peter Lowe is gonna come at you with a girl crush banger clinger. <laughs> you know, the very beginning of the song, if you watch the music video version, it's got this rumbling. And what that rumbling reminds me of is this other really, it's not that old, 2010, but like this throwback to Swedish House, Swedish <laughs> House Mafia's One. And in that song, they, uh, it's a thing that um, DJs love to do, especially if you're an EDM big festival DJ, where um, you'll, you'll take a sample of a song and then you create a loop for just one beat and you shorten, shorten, shorten that loop until it creates this like hum noise. And then you can adjust the pitch on your CDJ to change the tone. So uh, Swedish House Mafia's song, um, use that as a melody in their song. And for this song with Everglow, you've got that same rumbling in the beginning of the music video where they're using that, that sound. You hear it, them teasing it, and then the, then the main melody of the song drops. Or the, 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 the acoustic effect, which is that, that, uh, that beat loop. So I think that's the real star of the show, honestly. Um, because... You were humming it before we started recording, <laughs> Alexis. That that's yeah. the the cashiest part of the song, yeah. and it and it changes as the song progresses, um, because uh, you know this is a song about um, reclaiming your past. Uh, if 
if I'm reading the lyrics correctly, the girls are showing you that you have the power and that you come first before your mistakes. So it's uh, acknowledging that sort of adversity and struggle and uh, you, the listener, reclaiming your power. Um, and so the girls are showing that they have each of their own special superhero powers uh -huh. throughout the music video if you watch it very closely. So along that line, Everglow's label, I don't know who, who they're under, but... The, the Chinese company, mm. <laughs> but um, they're increasing their production value for sure. If you look at you know the trend across all their music videos to this one, it's like wow, a lot of post-production special effects, CD, mm -hmm. uh, CGI, really cool ninja dancers, <laughs> <laughs> elaborate sets to go along with it, and you know it's it's a banger you should play this song like if you're going into the thunderdome you know to to like you know oh i'm here to battle like this is the song you play to get yourself hyped up like it, it's like the entrance song um as you go into you know do something like you know hella dope so yeah that, that's my hit replay for this week yeah i feel like as far as the mental health awareness pop movement goes this is my my what i like like i just need <laughs> something that just like yeah. bumps in my head and makes me forget that i'm depressed not something that will get me more depressed <laughs> so that you know that i come first that resonated incredibly mm -hmm. with me i this will be my fight song before my therapy so i won't cry <laughs> 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 Crying is fine. Oh, I, I don't know. I, it's it's okay to cry. It takes a real bravery and courage to cry, honestly. Yeah, but, but you know, is this is to like feel like I can overcome it. Okay, that's what I mean. <laughs> that's yeah. dope. Yeah. You know that I can Yeah, I think the, the only thing that everyone really needs to do to take it to the next level, like I, I know you and I, we discuss this separately on other occasions, but they need more individualism yeah. um, as, as members. Like you think of 21, like each girl, I mean, there's only four members, but each girl had a very di distinctive mm -hmm. brand and style. And I think if we got that with Everglow, we would see much more uh, Western penetration pickup and... and um, fandom behind it because as it stands all it is is just mia changing her hair <laughs> or having the only hair color difference each music video now so. that you bring up 21 when i was watching the music video earlier uh, because i don't know i know you peter read it i don't know if the if the listeners read it but there's um teen vogue crystal crystal bell for teen vogue interviewed yes um um, I'm going to say 21, interviewed Everglow. <laughs> they She interviewed Everglow and they touched on the subject of like being compared like to, to boy groups. And, you know, they had right. what they had to say about that. Go, go read it. I'm not going to, you know, take away the clicks. <laughs> go read it if you want to find <laughs> out what they say. But it made me think about, you know, how... Every time we like get a a banger from a girl group, mainly them because they are one of the more consistent girl groups that do this. And even with Mafia in the Morning, they got a lot of comparisons with boy groups. And I kept thinking back to like, it's not like this hasn't happened before, you know. Like when I was watching the music video, I felt like if if twenty one that's that's where twenty one comes in. <laughs> if twenty one like everyone was um, dance-wise at the level of Minzy, I feel like that's Everglow. Like it's a bunch of Minzies, you know? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, really cool. Stan Everglow. But you need someone who, who can just be vocals and maybe they're not as good of a dancer or someone who 
um, you know, is, is more of the personality and, and the rap and attitude and style. So I I, I just want to see more character yeah. from each that, that that's distinctive from each other, whatever that may be. Like, I don't care what the character is. Just just make it distinctive mm-hmm. from each other. So long as it's authentic to themselves. Yeah, because I don't think there's that with girl groups nowadays. Maybe it's see a little bit, but yeah. not that much. Right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, there's definitely like space for that. And if and if one of these, yeah. especially, like I'm betting on Everglow. Everglow is my horse. So if they were to do. I, I think I am similar. Yeah. On that. If they yep. were to do what you're saying, yeah. I think that that would like bring them to the next level <laughs> not e- e- Espa's not next to be level, confused to be clear. <laughs> with Espa's next level yeah. <laughs> so I want to caveat the statement by saying I think it's fine and we, in fact we should compare groups against each other in K-pop mm. I, I think it, that that's just how you make sense of things and um, to be frank they are um, competing with each other um, just for, for mind share and and uh, and um, sales and whatnot so uh that being said the fact that you know we should be able to compare groups against each other i don't think it's right to say that a girl group can't do aggressive Hmm. boy group i mean we've Um, all seen girl groups cover boy groups or when you see girl groups mm -hmm. and like pre-debut that's what they're dancing to it just you know, the companies take them in another direction with their concept, but it doesn't mean that right. they didn't freaking train for years right. and years dancing to everything. Yeah. They can do it. Mm-hmm. And they kill it too. Yeah. I, I I think maybe it's me like, I don't know, feminism, right? It's like, you know, who are you to say that girls are not permitted in this territory or this concept or this category? Mm-hmm. Like they can do that if they want. I'm not saying that they have to, of course, but like, you know, it, it's not up for us to say that that's not an acceptable territory for a girl group. Agreed. And I will support it with my dollars <laughs> and my standum. So, okay. Anyway, moving on to Amr. Last but not least, what's your hit replay? Uh, my hit replay is B.I.'s Waterfall. It's just so epic for me. Um, the choreo has a lot of swag. And um, as soon as I started like hearing the song, I got hooked. I find myself singing the oh, 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 all the time. And uh, yeah, I, I like the lyrics a lot. I like B.I. said um, <clears throat> the waterfall that begins with falling down. That's me, which I very much related to. Because I feel like I'm falling down all the time. I'm always imperfect. But I'm actually really liking that uh, about myself, learning to to live with that and, and actually, like, be happy about it. Um, mm-hmm. And even in the lyrics, he says, my name is Monster, my name is Sinner, my name is Hypocrite, which I totally identify with. Um, I didn't know his backstory or the stuff with Icon or whatever, so I'm sure there's, like, more layers to it. But for me, it was, like, yeah, I recently discovered the futility of trying to be an upstanding citizen all the time or being a good person all the time to try to get into heaven or whatever. And I realized that that's not who I am. It's not possible to be that all the time. I am I am a sinner and a monster and a hypocrite. Um, and I'm constantly growing and changing. And it takes a lot of honesty, I think, to admit that, uh, that we are all those things. Like we're both sinners and saints. And that's okay. It's part of being human. And I really like that about the about the lyrics. Yeah. You know, shout out to the uh, Catholics, or I guess Christians as well, <laughs> in this. But like, like the like this whole point is, yeah, you obviously want to strive and endeavor um, to to realize quote unquote Christian um, ideals. But it's human to commit sin, and that's why you have forgiveness. And that's mm-hmm. why it's so important to, to have confession and forgiveness. So anyway, yes, I, I, I relate to that as well. I, I love this song. It, it's got a it's got a good drop, but I, I was definitely faked out a few times. I was like, oh, is the drop coming now? <laughs> it's like, oh, no, wait. No, okay, it's just another verse. Is it coming now? And it feels like it's, that's going to happen like almost every single time like at, at each transition mm-hmm. in the song. 
to me it just yeah. reminded me of like how big of a hole he left when he left the icon and mm-hmm. how necessary it was for him to fill it and i feel like this is um a really cool way to like maybe take control of the narrative that surrounds his situation and you know other than saying that you know like i'm gonna like everything that you guys um mentioned he also says like i'm trash i am this i am that and mm-hmm. i just felt like you know he's acknowledging and it never like the song doesn't feel to me as like it's like you like you did you it's kind of right. like you know you you it was i felt like in the parameters of k-pop or maybe that he wanted to communicate that it 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 felt very honest and how he is like dealing mm-hmm. with this like you know he, he says that he, that he has pain and everything and i just mm-hmm. thought that it was very honest and i really liked i really liked it and if you don't read the lyrics like it is a banging song too <laughs> <laughs> right yeah it's so opposite to what what k-pop gen 2 k-pop gen 1 possibly k-pop gen 3 was where like idols are really these immaculate perfect human beings all the time and that's what so much of the brand and and the work goes into creating and for this to be like i am i've got all these faults i've got all these things seems you know it just shows how far we've come (laughs) in terms of like Mm -hmm. acceptable artistry and messages out of out of k-pop but also Um, just how big k-pop globally has gotten because he has there's he has fandom to go back to and before you know when we mentioned Mm -hmm. like these previous generations like they were just ousted and no one would no one cared about him now so but now k-pop is so big that it doesn't matter you know that you you're still gonna have fans that support you even if you have fans that are like campaigning for you to like I don't know. Retire for good or whatever, but well, like mm-hmm. like like what happened to Jay Park, yeah, or Wano, like mm-hmm. they're, Wano, they're doing yeah. just fine. Yeah. So really cool to see him back. I'm excited that he's back. I'm glad he's back. He's doing really good songs. Um, he was missed. Like, he's a really good producer and writer. So it's cool that now he's doing it, like, for him and how he wants it. Yeah. Speaking to your early po- your earlier point, mm-hmm. Pilo, about, like, the stereotypes that the girls are put into and the boys are put into. Like, I think this is something I'd like to see more is, like, more male idols and artists like going in the other direction like doing things that are feminized like being vulnerable Mm -hmm. um being able to talk about emotions um and of course yeah the more license to the girl groups to be aggressive and be and you know be able to embody strength and those kinds of things because i think both of those things challenge the patriarchal narrative that like men are supposed to be strong and women are supposed to be weak and men are are in control and emotionless and women are out of control and uh you know are emotional so i like that both of these songs kind of i mean not like (laughs) in a truly revolutionary way they're both profit seeking um products but like they push against those narratives those patriarchal narratives yeah yeah i love that you know like we we do this podcast again curating best sounds and ideas in k-pop um, just so that we can, you know, try to put more, you know, support firepower behind these, these messages, concepts, themes, sounds that, that we want to hear more of, but that's certainly what really matters at the end of the day that I'm just becoming more increasingly aware of uh, as of late is just 
how much money <laughs> does this make as you were saying Oliver? like mm-hmm. okay it's not for it's not enough for us just to say we like it we we really have to put our money where our mouth is because this is all a capitalistic business system so yeah. so yes listeners go yeah. buy the stuff that you like <laughs> <laughs> yeah alexis is right that is big enough now that yeah he can what that scandal honestly what i read about the scandal after i heard the song was kind of like I don't know, BS to me. I was like, what is this? Why did he get kicked out? This is so stupid. Like, oh, a rapper was trying to buy some weed. Oh my God, shock. I'm so shocked. (laughs) With Bitcoin. Right. (laughs) He didn't do it. He was able to. Like, at least that beats. Right, he didn't even actually. Yeah, that B2B guy. (laughs) But wasn't it LSD though? Oh, right. Yeah, it was weed and LSD. But yeah, but he didn't do it, allegedly. Yeah. Right. Even if he did, it's like, I'm just glad he's able to, yeah, continue his career and like find space in the industry. Given how uh, the Korean legal system works, even if you do something where it's legal, Mm -hmm. if it goes against the Korean model, like let's say you did something abroad, you still get penalized for it. So I'm just going to say, you know, on all the K-pop artists behalfs, um, you know what, like just, we don't need to know. It's okay. Just yeah, keep it to yourself. <laughs> but we support you. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to tell us though. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Moving on. Okay. L- listener hit replays. Yes. So we, we heard some listeners give their recommendations for songs that you all should listen to this week. So Amr, why don't you uh, kick us off with our first comment? All right. This is from Space Dandy. <clears throat> and she writes, For me, the replay is strong with Gaho's Rush Hour. Strong vocals, cute summer vibe, and a lovely bridge. One of my biggest pet peeves in an otherwise fine song is a weak bridge. And it has that radio play aspect you already explained better than I could in past episodes. I'd say it's guaranteed to improve anyone's stuck in traffic experience this week. (laughs) Smiley face. P.S. Maybe I'll dare to record another future recommendation when I'm feeling less shy. Yeah, uh, she's referring yes, to a, a voice memo, uh, by the way. The next one comes from Twitter from at Alan Mark CA, and he writes GWSN's B side, I Can't Breathe, or as I like to call it, Libido Femme version. It's such a cool, cool song from a group I didn't know too much about prior. The Holy P is great too. I agree with him because that almost was my hit replay. But it came out like a month ago, so I, I wanted to keep current. But it's a great song. I love I love that song. Yeah, and I think he's a host of the How You Can Eat podcast. And I, I, I'm looking oh, at my nice. RSS feed correctly. I think they just put an episode out talking about it. So props, uh, our plug for that. Um, but there could only be one major listener highlight that we primarily choose to spotlight and feature. It was actually originally going to be Space Dandy's song, Sorry Girl. <laughs> but we got a voice recording! <laughs> so that voice recording goes to Howard R., um, who had this to say. Hello all, my name is Howard. You see me many times on the Slack channel commenting on various girl crush banger clangers but this week i want to talk about the new song from joy this is actually the first song i've heard from her and i love this new song called hello i've heard it on the radio a few times this week and it's just a great pick-me-up song that you just enjoy and it's my hit replay this week and i hope all you enjoy thank you thank you howard and thank you for prompting us to talk about that song by joy i think it's a really interesting song. When I first saw it, I thought, wow, it's really high production value. It's nice that everything is in 4K with like high frame rates and everything. I can appreciate all the, the beauty of, of uh, Jijim Island and, and Joy. But um, also no crazy over-the-top SM special effects for once. Mm-hmm. I like that it just makes you smile when you yes, listen to yeah. it. It's it, it. I felt like I was watching a musical or something. Like it's just very wholesome. It's got that like Broadway, like you know, dance quality mm-hmm. uh, to to the music for sure. It makes you want to smile. And for me, it's like we we've been talking about this song actually quite a bit in our uh, K-pop cast Slack. And uh, as I I think I shared with with listeners then, um, if you can imagine me and my like. COVID-19 pandemic like bubble and cocoon like I'm, I'm like you know taking you know off all the layers of you know external clothing and, and blankets and I'm stepping outside into the sun and I'm I'm you know it, it, 
taking in the sunshine and, and the summer air and this is that song it's that experience it's that cathartic experience for me A very interesting look into less covered people, so but the indigenous peoples of uh, Jeju Island. Oh yeah. Oh, that's cool. That was the whole thing on Twitter last week, but that's for another day. <laughs> Go look it up if you're if you're interested. But it was an entire thing. Well, I I don't know. I kind of want to ask what 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 was the thing, Alexis. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> no, because I don't. I don't know what side is correct, but it was about okay. cultural appropriation. Okay. I told you. Okay, I yeah. told you. Yeah, we don't know enough to say. Um, yeah. Future dogs and, and kids, because I guess she wants to be a kindergarten teacher and puppy handler or something. I can't remember, but <laughs> typical joy. Okay. Um, K-pop news commentary. Uh, first headline, K-pop Ravi apologizes to Red Velvet fans, criticizing his new track, Rapper. Um, I mean, right off the bat, I have to say that I haven't listened to the song because I'm not into Ravi like that, but I skimmed through the, the, the lyrics and it seemed that people were upset because it was like, you know, a sexual song. And he had a lot of references to like the actual group of Red Velvet, and fans, netizens were very <laughs> upset about it, and they made him apologize. But it was, but <laughs> it was just, it was just a really dumb situation because right off the bat, it's just like it's, it's like he's not, you know, like being like that one rapper who said really lewd things about Kitty B, you know, and like went to court over it. It's just a stupid song about cake. And there just so happens to be a group <laughs> that have a lot of that, you know, it's just a reference. And, but then in his apology, he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I don't even know them. And then I think I, I mean, I, you know what? I haven't fact checked this, but someone on Twitter said that, that they that Robbie has a song with Yeti, so people were like, "What do you mean that you don't know them? You you're you made a song with them or whatever." And but but it's just that I don't know. It's just one of those things where you're just like people just want to be upset. In my opinion, like unless Red Velvet comes out and they're like, "This makes me uncomfortable," then that's another thing. But like being upset over a reference. Just because he said, like, oh, you make me go dumb, dumb, dumb. Like, that's 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 just a reference. That's not saying, that's not, you know, like this. It's not like this elaborate way to say that he wants to get into Yeti's pants. It's funny, like, if you're a K-pop fan, you just start seeing the world in K-pop. It's like, oh, this is maybe a faint reference to lyrics, which also have... <laughs> <laughs> the name of that object I'm looking at or whatever it is. So it, I don't know. Maybe there there might be some crazy connections being extended or, or looked to. But like they're under SM Entertainment, Alexis. Like, do you think they would really have the ability to go out and say like... Well, no. But like I said, if this were a situation like that, what is his bum-ass name? What is that rapper's name? Was Was it Super B? Anyway, no. The ugly one. I don't remember. But that one rapper who just like, you know, said a lot of things about Kitty B and like she felt like verbally assaulted. I don't I don't I don't remember the, the thing really well, but but anyway, it was that was sexual. That was different. Um this was just a reference. Like it, he he was just referencing. I feel like he just thought he was really witty. 
Like, I don't actually... Isn't that how most of these things <laughs> yeah. go? It's like, you, you think you're so smart. <laughs> it's like, what? What are you really saying, dude? I guess uh, let, let's move on to our next news headline. The prosecution drops charges against Boa and her staff for importation of quote-unquote medicine. Yes, hashtag free Boa. <laughs> hashtag justice yes. for Boa. <laughs> justice for Boa. <laughs> Honestly, because they ruined her her promotion cycle. I don't even remember what the mm. song was, what the song name was. I remember it was really good. But, you know, they they ruined her moment. And then she, like, went underground. No one has heard from her. Yeah. So just yeah. to give listeners some context, this is from Sumpi. Back in December 2020, Boa and one of her staff members were questioned by prosecutors about bringing psychedelic drugs like Zopedem. I obviously mispronouncing that, but who knows? All these big pharma company name, product names are really silly. Anyway, uh, it's a type of sleep medication into Korea without following uh, official importation procedures. Yeah, good. We can all move on with our lives. Yeah, honestly, I think Zaboa being a drug smuggler just makes her so much cooler <laughs> in my book. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna really, make I, that like part of her concepts. Like, you could totally see someone like G Dragon being like, uh-huh. "Whatever," but I'm not gonna like make that a part of my concept and brand and story now. Right? Yeah, uh, that's why I love G Dragon. I could totally see him doing that. Now, SM has to give her like a proper comeback. Uh, you know, they're not with all despite the best being like it. her major, you know, idol, like carrying the weight of the company. She built that company. That's actually yeah. profitable. Yeah. 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 Right. She's not hemorrhaging cash. Like, um, never mind. Okay. Uh, should we move on to our next news headline here? Fans were convinced that Hyena and Don just tied the knot due to a recent Instagram post that they had. And the recent Instagram post featured Hyun Don, Don and Hyena with very matchy matchy outfits that was in white, like, uh, which had like, Kiana in it more of a bride gown and uh Don in more of a white tux. And naturally you see that and you think like, oh, are, did they tie the knot? Are they getting hitched? So I mean I am fans. <laughs> I say No, I am fans. Fans is me. I saw it. I saw those pictures and I was like, <laughs> they got married. But now looking back I mean, why is he like you know doing the? I don't know. I'm not married. Like what? Uh, holding her? Like like he's gonna? Yeah. Like step they're gonna the go through, into the like home? yeah, like yeah. they're gonna go through the door. But I mean, I guess she's not holding flowers. But it's kind of disappointing. I thought they were getting married, but the highlight here is that I'm glad that she did not get married in that ugly ass dress. <laughs> and he didn't get married. Like he was freaking My Chemical Romance with that black shirt <laughs> yeah it's a it's it's bad styling so but are they are has it been debunked or not like are they are they really not married i i don't think i think this is all speculation, speculation. on every angle right now so i don't think anything has been formally confirmed one way or another um but to call this out that these were done during Hannah's 30th birthday and it was also her 30th birthday photos and stuff were shared along with this so that's why we're, supposedly why why they were together for these photos and celebrations i read on twitter people were like oh this, this is why she was so emotional during her live blah 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 and i was like oh that's that's an interesting theory you're so happy i mean who 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 would be so happy to turn 30 but if you turn 30 and you just got Damn, married. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for making us feel old, Alexis. Hey, I'm also, hey, I, I'm also past that, okay? So, okay. I'm, so that's why I say, who, who is happy to turn 30? That's funny. I mean, that's a good point, though, yeah. So, yeah, but if you just got married, like maybe you're, you know, overwhelmed with emotions. <laughs> Although, you know, I, as much as you hate their costuming, Alexis, I think, like, if you've been following these two... They're very on brand, yeah. That's why I believed it. On brand as in, like... Oh, in, in terms of uh, how they tend to just typically accessorize and, and dress themselves. And... Yeah, how they're twinning. Yeah. Because even the yeah. hair, I... the bleach eyebrows, 
the oh yeah they both have bleached eyebrows Rosie for the podcast yeah. listeners who can't see they they have matching bleached eyebrows the starving victorian children chic aesthetic <laughs> yeah that is what they look like if it makes them happy i, I don't even care like whatever they want to do oh I, yeah I, I hope they're married yeah they're after what they've been through yeah shit mm. you yeah. gotta marry the woman who like left <laughs> a company for you damn Put a ring mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really time for them. Frankly, I think if they were to stay, if they were to get married, it kind of liberates them to do more professional, individualistic careers, you know, because they've got that anchor and they've got that commitment and they don't have to be in-house at P Nation. Um, yeah, but I also feel like it's so badass and so like punk rock that they're like very unapologetically like just in a relationship and like... Um, that one song by mm. Hyuna where he says, where she's like dropping his name, like not, you know, like meaning him, but, you know, just like as a reference, like he, she, I don't remember her lyrics, but she talks about something about Dawn. And I just think that's so badass. Like, she's just like sticking to her guns mm. and being like, yeah, F-U-Q. <laughs> yeah. I'm out here <laughs> thriving and happy. By the way, I think it's just so funny. It was I think it was in show interview, you know, Jesse's show mm. i think she was i, I can't maybe it wasn't even that show but jesse was in other words she was just talking to don and and she's like you know why why can't i get you know hannah on, on my show like she, she's so big and important and so she she like forced don just to call her just to <laughs> <laughs> have her uh appearance on the show but it, it's like they, they've got that professional dynamic in that hannah just you know is the uh you know 800 pound gorilla I mean, nothing on Don. Like, you know, obviously I'd support him. But in terms of just who has more of the commercial successes right now, it's Sienna. He's marrying up. Hey, I, I married up. I, I'll, I'll say that much. Um, <laughs> Same. <okay. laughs> All right. So last news item. Um, K-pop social night or KPSN 2021. Uh, I know you if you're a podcast listener and you listen to K-pop podcasts, you probably already know about this news. Uh, but on July 10th and 11th, there's a online virtual festival for all these other K-pop podcasts. So you can come out, uh, meet us, meet um, all the other Hallyu casts, and hear us talk about podcast things. And I don't know, Alexis, what are you, what are you, what are you doing there? I'm also going to be dropping in um, and I'm going to be hosting, um, I mean, what are they called? A room? A panel? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm going to be hosting a panel on in Spanish, actually, like the language. Oh. Um, and we're going to just be talking about all things K-pop and Latin intersection. So, like, mainly cool. that it's freaking time for K-pop to acknowledge Latin America's existence and yeah. recognize their <laughs> impact. And, yeah, it's fun mm-hmm. stuff. Come join if you speak Spanish. Yeah, I was just looking at oh, Rolling yeah. Quartz, and they're they're having um, a fan merch unveiling event, and as to go along with it, they're, they're doing a live performance, and because they're having a live performance, they're having translators on site for the performance, and the translators are in English and Spanish, and when I saw that, I was like, yeah, oh wow, of course, because you gotta like you know number one and two markets i don't know even know which one is number one at this point like but but certainly like you know the the top because like hey even for the k-pop cast if you look at our subscriber numbers and like listeners like huge con- contingent in, in oh, brazil and argentina like for some mm-hmm. I, I, I mean we're speaking english i don't i don't know <laughs> they must know english if they're listening but yeah. um yeah like that that's where we get a lot of listeners so i i expect it similarly just the global international Hallyu population so many of them are central south america yeah that's pretty mm-hmm. cool about um rolling quartz setting a precedent i mean latin america does love anugu anugu group so yeah they they're carrying the nugus on their backs <laughs> <laughs> So that's cool to see someone acknowledge them. So I'll look into it and just like add it as being like, yeah, bring it up to your panel. Exactly. Alexis. So, and by the way, I'll, I'll be DJing at this event. So in between rooms, if you're like shuffling in between rooms, I'll be DJing, you know, a set. Um, so you can 
tune into now as you go between sessions. And uh, K-pop cast will also be there. So we'll be talking about, uh, really, this is geared for, sure, I'm sure listeners will derive benefit from this, but speaking primarily to other K-pop podcasters, what are ways you can master, uh, make sounds sound better on your podcast? Reduce the (laughs) reverb. Telling your guests to speak into the microphone because so many times they just seem to speak Oops. away from the microphone <laughs> and they're not even paying attention and you have to be like speaking to the microphone, please. So um, anyway, just stuff like that, just to make your, your as podcast I sound better. slowly pull the mic towards me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm like, am I situated yeah. right? <clears throat> Great. I'm glad I made you all self-conscious about that. Good. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, let, let's sign off here. So this concludes our hit replay episode for the first week of June. Let our listeners know where they can find you each online on Twitter or all those places. So Alexis, you're up first. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at H-O-E underscore D-O-Y-A-N. Also, if you will, if you are a Twitter user, um, I'll be attending KCON contact for you. Um, which is the week leading up to like the the KCON performances. Um, I'm ho- I'm gonna be featured in a Twitter space with friends of the pod, Lai Francis and Tamar Herman. Um, it's called the the panel is gonna be called behind. Well, not panel. The room will the Twitter space hosted by KCON. It'll be called behind the scenes on K of K-pop media. So a lot of oh, like nice. what goes on. Yeah, behind the scenes. We, if you've been in our clubhouse rooms or just read my rants on Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> I tweet a lot of, of about the BS that goes along with an interview. But now we're going to talk about the good and the bad that happens behind the scenes. So June fifteenth, cool. If you're around, it's free ninety nine. Join us. Free ninety nine. Free ninety nine. Free ninety nine. Wait, ninety nine. Free. Uh, never mind. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I can't wait to. I'm definitely there. Will it be recorded? Because I definitely want. If I can't catch it live, I, I definitely want to listen to it. I don't know. Can you record a Twitter Space? You can. We. I even illustrated to. Um, Oh, why am I forgetting her name right now? But uh, the KCON contact that, uh, hey, here's how you could record it if you wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know if they actually did it. So when, when we did our thing with uh, KCON I mean, uh, last, last quarter. My agreement said something about them being able to use my likeness, my likeness and shit and blah, blah, blah. So maybe. Profit off of you. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to hear you talk about how you had 20 questions and the publicist says you can only ask one. You had 20 <laughs> minutes. You have like just five minutes. You you sent this along to your editor and they completely changed the, the, the title or, um, mm-hmm. I, sorry, obviously I haven't yeah. following this and I, I would just relate to it as a PR pro, honestly, on the other side of the house. So not so fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. And talk about how, how journalism is such a lucrative career and, because because <laughs> surely you're you're being paid to to write bad things by the companies. Hey, question mark? I I, I don't know. I'm just obviously I'm being sarcastic. Those hey, are the conspiracy I'm not. I'm not. Hey, shit. If a company wants me to, no, I'm just kidding. But no. <laughs> yeah. No, if a company mm-hmm. wants to hire me to do like some propaganda. Of course. Advertorial. Just, Advertorial is what it's called. Advertorial. Just, just not, you know, while I'm a freelancer or like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's fine. Like you can do contract writing, right? But that's yeah. not journalism at that point. Mm-mm. So I, I think these things are honestly lost on a lot of kids nowadays. Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. Like, we're supposed <laughs> to wrap this up. Amr, what, what, where can people find you online? You can find me at the K pop cast Slack at Gee Dragon. Yeah. Peter, where can people find you? You can also find me in the K-pop cast Slack. I'm at DJ Peter Lowe. But you can tweet at me online. I've already been canceled by BTS Army this week. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get canceled again by BTS Army next week for tweeting something that's not even about them. You're officially <laughs> Stan Twitter baptized, though. That yeah, was your yeah. So, baptism. Yeah. I, well, anyway. Uh, DJ Peter Lowe is where you can find me there. And you can tweet all of us at the K-pop cast. But you know Twitter. what's... Oh yeah, but you know what's better than a tweet? 
a voice memo. That's right. Record yourself with your phone and send it in, and we can drop you right into the episode. Just as we did with uh, Howard in this episode. So that was fun to do. And, and, and you can see we give preferential treatment <laughs> to people who, who use voice memos. Um, oh, I, maybe we should give this a plug as well. But we, we I just started a newsletter. So if you just want to be kept up to date on, like, you know, kind of episode recordings, um, as well as I'm going to make it exclusive just for our newsletter subscribers recordings of our K-pop chats. So mm. last week we talked about K-pop banger clangers. Mm. Oh, on Crystal Twitter. I, I, yeah. I thought the Slack and I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could do it on Slack too, I guess. But no, no, it's on Twitter spaces that we have. No, no like K-pop expose chat. Twitter to the Slack chats like on the newsletter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this person said this shady thing. Yeah. <laughs> <and> <laughs> this thing off the record and, and broke this embargo. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, all on the record stuff there. You know what this person said about BTS? Oh, right. God. Get spicy in there. <laughs> they, they had a authentic, constru- constructive thing to say about BTS's music, and yet. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, so a link to that newsletter will be, if you just scroll down your podcast, whatever, it should, you can click on it there. And lastly, if you want to get to know us better, obviously we've been talking about it, you can join our K-pop cast Slack, so you can also click on the link for that in the description of this episode. I'm also there, by the way. Yes, Alexis is there. Like, if, you know, sure, we've got the Gee Dragon, Amr, there, and Alexis, so... You know, if not for me, if not for other listeners, um, and it, frankly, we get a lot of our content ideas from the listeners in that K-pop cast space. We should do it for Gee Dragon and Alexis, just to chum out, hang out with them. So, Woo. join us. Catch you all next week. Feminism dead in the K-pop cast. <laughs> Canceled. Canceled. <laughs> Found lying in a ditch. Well, hey, you know, next next time, next time, Space Dandy uh, gives us a voice recording. We'll we'll move that to the top of the queue and make we make that the preference, regardless of anything else anyone has to say. Anyway, here's Howard R's uh, voicemail. <laughs>